Chapter Eight of Dyke Darrell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dyke Darrell, the Railroad Detective, or The Crime of the Midnight Express, by Frank Pinkerton. Chapter Eight: A Plunge to Death. For some moments, neither man spoke. Harry Bernard noticed that his friend was deeply moved, and he seemed to wonder at the cause. At length he said, "Dyke, what is it?" "Nothing. Only, well, speak out." As the detective hesitated, "It is strange that your hand should so exactly fit the marks on the handkerchief, Harry." "Well, yes," admitted the youth. "I hope you didn't imagine, however, that I had a hand in this railway robbery and murder." At the last, Harry Bernard laughed lightly. Dyke Darrell did not seem to relish the young fellow's lightness, and only frowned. "This is not a laughing matter, Harry Bernard," said the detective sternly. "Well, I should say not. If you have a serious thought that I could do such a deed, Dyke, place me under arrest at once." There was an expression of rebuke on the face of Bernard as he uttered the last words. He did not look like a criminal; that was certain. And after a moment, Dyke Darrell felt ashamed of his suspicions. Never mind, Harry. I could not help feeling shocked. Let it pass. I will not wrong you by suspicion, but you will admit that it was a strange thing your hand fitting so perfectly. Not at all. Put your own hand here," returned Bernard. Dyke Darrell did so, but it was not so near a fit as Harry's. It was not the size of the hand, but the imprint of the wart that had so startled the detective. Harry had not discovered the true cause of his friend's excitement, and the detective concluded to say nothing about it then. Time was flying; the midnight express would soon leave the city. I cannot remain with you any longer," said Dyke Darrell at length. "I shall leave the case at this end of the route in your hands, Harry, and if at any time you wish to communicate with me, address me at Woodburg. All right. What shall we do with this?" Harry indicated the coat that still lay on the bed. "You may retain that, but I will keep the handkerchief. Both may be of use in the future." Soon after, the two men separated. Dyke Darrell went at once to the depot, and soon after nine that evening he was speeding northward at the rate of forty miles an hour. At the first stop outside of the city, three passengers boarded the train. One was a short, thick-set man with beard and hair of a dark color. The others were women. The man entered the smoking car and thrust himself into an unoccupied seat and glanced keenly about him. The man had no ticket, but paid the conductor to a station a hundred miles from the city. While sitting with his back to the aisle, a touch on the shoulder roused him. Ah, it's you, Ruggles. Ahem. Seat occupied? No. The man we have met on a previous occasion, Professor Darlington Ruggles, settled himself beside the late comer. Ahem. Fine evening. A grunt answered the professor's attempt to be sociable. At length, after casting a keen glance about the car to find that but few passengers were present and those but of little consequence, Professor Ruggles said. He's in the next car. Yes, I'd like to get my clutches into him again. You had him once. Yes, but he had help and escaped. Do you imagine he's on the trail? Certainly, answered Professor Ruggles. Then he'll get off tonight. I hope so, but you must be cautious. Trust me for that. Have you formulated a plan? None. Then let me help you. I'll be glad to do so. If we can get the fellow onto the platform, the work will be easy. You understand, Sam? I reckon. Once he goes over, nothing can save him. True, but how will we get the cuss outside? Easy as preaching. I'll go and introduce myself and get him to want this car to try an excellent brand of cigars. See, 
and the professor chuckled audibly. "'I expect it's easier said than done,' returned the thick-set villain. "'Twixt you and me, Ruggles, Dyke Darrell's cut his eye-teeth, and he don't walk into no traps with his eyes open, I can tell you that.' "'Well, we'll see about it. I flatter myself that I am sharper than any detective that ever lived.' Then, adjusting his glasses, the sunset-haired professor left his seat and walked down the aisle to the door. He came hurrying back with an interested, perhaps anxious look on his countenance. "'Now's your time, Sam,' whispered Professor Ruggles. "'The fellow's on the platform smoking.' This was fully two hours after the thick-set man stepped upon the train. He at once came to his feet, and sauntered in a careless manner to the door. The night was not dark, and the man could plainly see a dark form leaned against the end of the opposite car, a bright red gleam showing the end of his cigar. It was indeed Dyke Darrell, who had come out upon the platform to cool his heated brow and reflect on the situation, while he smoked a cigar for its soothing influence. He could not drive the thought of Harry Bernard and the train robbery from his mind. He remembered that the young man had left Woodburg suddenly the fall before, and nothing had been seen or heard from him by his friends since, until Dyke's meeting him so strangely in St. Louis. It was barely possible that the assault and the rescue by young Bernard were part of deep-laid plot. Dyke Darrell possessed a suspicious mind, and he could not reconcile appearance with the innocence of young Harry Bernard. Deeply meditating, the detective scarcely noticed the opening of the car door opposite his position. His gaze, however, soon met the form of a man as he stepped across the narrow opening between the coaches. The detective was instantly on the alert. He was not to be caught napping, as he had been once before that night. The moment the stranger passed to his platform, Dyke Darrell faced him with a drawn revolver in his hand. "'Mister, I want a word with you.' This uttered the thick-set passenger, and then Dyke Darrell recognized the man who had boarded the train at the first station outside of St. Louis." "'What is it you want?' demanded the detective shortly. "'This!' With the word, the man lunged forward. Divining his movement, Dyke Darrell sank suddenly to the steps, and his assailant plunged headlong from the train. End of chapter 8